Thank you for tuning into the Schwartz Text. I'm Lisa Quintero, Young Adult Librarian. And I'm Nick Barron, patron and sometimes volunteer. This is a show where we talk to you about what we've been reading, listening to, or watching. But first, library news. So we've got several different things coming up in the next couple of weeks. On Monday, March 29th, we have Tinker Lab to go edition. Uh, that will be a gardening kit. You can plant some of your own herbs. And then on March 31st, we have Art Cart to go. The following week, on April 1st, there will be a story time online with Miss Heidi and the special guest Winnie the Pooh. There will be some other surprise guests as well uh, and some of your favorite stories and rhymes. And that will be from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. On Easter Sunday, April 4th, we will be closed. And then on Tuesday, April 6th, there will be a Rhyme Time Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 9.15 a.m. with Miss Heidi. And those you can find the links for on our calendar at shorelibrary.org if you want to join in on those. On Wednesday, April 7th, there will be another art cart to go. And that evening, there will be a PM book club with Haley, uh, The Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips is the book. Do you want to read the description? I will. One August afternoon on the shoreline of the Kamchatka Peninsula at the northeastern edge of Russia, two sisters, eight and 11, go missing. In the ensuing months, the police investigation turns up nothing. Echoes of the disappearance reverberate across a tightly woven community, with the fear and loss felt most deeply among its women. Connected by a crime, a witness, a neighbor, a detective, a mother, social and ethnic tensions have long simmered in the region, and outsiders are often the first to be accused. Sounds like an intriguing mystery. Uh, so join Haley for that on Wednesday, April 7th uh, from 7 p.m. It will be to 8 p.m. It'll be on Zoom, and the link for that is also on the calendar. And for those that are wondering about where the Kamchatka Peninsula is in the northeastern edge of Russia, if you've ever played the board game Risk, it is one of the territories. It is in the obviously northeastern edge of Russia, and it connects to Alaska as far as you know, cross crossing the risk map. So for your board gamers out there, there you go. All right. That, I did not know that. No. Um, so let's go to From the Stacks. So last time we, uh, which was actually a couple, more than a couple weeks ago, because we do this every other week, but we were on vacation. So we skipped a week. Uh, mm -hmm. Last time we, we had our podcast, we talked about doing a genre dive. Nick had assigned me trip hop to listen to, and I had assigned him a mystery novel to read. Um, and we let each other pick out what, you know, we wanted to listen to or, or read within the parameters that we gave each other. But it turns out that it's taking a little bit longer than we thought it would take uh, to get through stuff since it's not genres that we would normally listen to or, or read. And then on top of it, we were, we were on vacation. We went to uh, Arches National Park. Yeah, we went to Arches National Park and it was, it was gorgeous. I, the things that we saw were fantastic. We're going to talk about that in another episode. Mm -hmm. um, so we won't, won't get too into it. But what else happened while we were making that journey? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what so you're afraid of. A lot the, of things happen while you're making that journey. The, the route back um, from oh, yeah, the, the, National <laughs> Park was going to go through Denver, Colorado, because we you take Route 70 up back to Milwaukee, and it was going to take us straight through the big storm of the century that was supposed to happen in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, they got like three or four feet of snow or something, and we were supposed to come back through that. And so we decided that instead of coming back through that, we would veer south. And so I ended up seeing a bunch of states that I have never seen before, like New Mexico and um, where else did we go? I had been to Texas before, but Texas, uh, we, we went to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, we went we went through a whole we bunch. Tried of to go, we tried to go to Four Corners? That's true. We did try to go to Four Corners, but it was closed because of COVID. 
um, yep. which is fine. We will go again someday. Uh, for those who don't know, Four Corners is where Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona all meet. And you can actually, I guess, stand on the spot where all four states meet. But that uh, is a, it's like an attraction that is run by the, I believe it's the Navajo community. And since their community has been very uh, hard hit by COVID, they, they're, they're, it was shut down, which makes sense. Yeah, it was, it, it was even, even though we didn't get to go go stand at the Four Corners, it was neat passing through four states in the span of like... 15 minutes. <laughs> less than. Yes. Less than. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was very cool. All right, so instead of that, uh, we are going to be talking about how recommendations work today, um, how librarians recommend stuff to patrons, and how we also take patron recommendations for stuff that we should read. So Nick had some questions for me. Go well, ahead. What prompted this was actually that uh, one of Lisa's regular patrons has has recommended a number of uh, things for us to watch, and mm-hmm. it got it got me thinking about uh, the reciprocal relationship between librarians and their patrons. Uh, you know, obviously, it is the librarian's job to make recommendations, but it also um, it's important uh, that they uh, listen to uh, their patrons and find out what their patrons are excited about and and, and what they want. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. So. How do librarians recommend books, and is there training involved in what you do as far as recommending books? So yeah, there is training. We call it reader's advisory. It's a very jargony term, which basically means you know we're advising readers on what to read. Uh, but book recommendations. It, 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 it's it sounds like the explicit lyrics warning on a uh, record, but <laughs> yes. continue. Reader's <laughs> advisory. Parental advisory. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, helping people find stuff that they want to read. Um, and yeah, I know I personally took a class on it in library school and it was, re- it was required at the library school that I went to for my master's program. Um, and most libraries, most public libraries require that their librarians have a master's degree. And so most of us have some form of this training. I know that uh, my colleagues, some of my colleagues have also received readers advisory training through school. And then there's also, you know, Workshops that happen at conferences and things if you didn't get a chance to do that while you were in school. But luckily, my, my school required it because, you know, it's, it's kind of one of the foundational things of a public librarianship. I mean, one of the things that people come in for the most is for recommendations. You know, a lot of people browse the, the stacks, but a lot of people want things that fall within their interests, which makes sense, you know. And, and as a librarian... You can't read every single book in the library. It's impossible. And you, you know, you have your own interests, but um, we are taught questions to ask to find out what exactly it is that you like about a book and to help you find other books like it. So answer this for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that, uh, that you were a, a bookstore employee before you became a librarian. And you obviously had to make recommendations uh, when you were a bookstore employee. Mm -hmm. So tell me about uh, the, the, I guess, the difference in the mindset between what you thought about then versus now. Um, So then it was about selling books. Um, And I had a vague idea of how to recommend something because back then I would just think about the things that I liked to read and the, you know... um, we would kind of approach it like Lisa likes to read science fiction. So if you get a, a customer that, you know, is looking for science fiction, my coworker would be like, here, go to Lisa or like, you know, 
we had uh, I, I love graphic novels, but at the time I didn't read as many graphic novels as I do now. Um, and so we had this guy Mark who worked with me, and he, like if you know if you liked graphic novels and you wanted graphic novel recommendations, you took somebody to Mark if he was around. Um, and so the idea then was to to sell books and to upsell people. So you would be like, this is a book that you might like, um, and if you don't like that one, here's this one, this one, this one, and this one that you might like too. Um, and, and, and please walk out with all of them and please walk out with all of them. <laughs> and I always felt kind of icky doing that because like, I love books. I love recommending books, but like, um, I'm not big into capitalism and like forcing people to pay for things. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I, I worked for Barnes and Noble, one of the things that they've made us push a lot was selling memberships. Um, and you know, a lot of people are just coming in and, and the membership, like for some people it made sense. And for some people I would, I would try to push it because I'd be like, okay, if you're, you're in here all the time, you spend X amount of money on books, this is actually going to save you money. But for most people, they're out 25 bucks that like, that's not going to really benefit them at all. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that aspect of it, but I have always enjoyed talking to people about books and recommending things. And so the difference between that and being a librarian is that I don't feel icky upselling people on books. I still upsell people on books. Um, sometimes I try not to overwhelm people. I do this especially with like the kids and the teens um, because a lot of times kids and teens don't necessarily seem to know what it is that they like about a book. Um, I ask them all the questions that we are trained to ask. Um, and sometimes I think they do know, but sometimes I feel like they feel uncomfortable if their parent is around sharing what it is that they like because sometimes you can tell that there's like you know, a judgy relationship where like somebody is like, you know, if your kid likes sci-fi and your parent doesn't want you to read sci-fi because they think it's garbage, or if your kid likes graphic novels and the parent doesn't want them to read graphic novels because again, they think it's garbage or whatever, you know, and so you can tell sometimes that the kid's like, uh. and sometimes, you know, especially like middle schoolers, you know, you ask them a question, they're like, they shrug their shoulders and they're like, I don't know, because <laughs> I think it's just, it's intimidating talking to an adult about something. But I'm going to, I'm going to go on a quick tangent for all the parents out there. Uh -huh. So I was the, I've said this in a, in a uh, previous episode, but I was the kid that was in the lowest reading group in second grade and, uh, you know, almost failed second grade because I didn't care about reading. And then in third grade, I found Dungeons and Dragons. Uh -huh. And then every C.S. Lewis, every Tolkien book, I, I devoured it all because there was that, that moment where um, even though it was fantasy stuff i fell in love with reading even though it wasn't necessarily what you know some parents would want me to read mm -hmm. but it was the thing that i was interested in and i went from going in the lowest reading group to the highest reading group um you know by the by the end of elementary school so it's a very important to let your kids follow their passions in terms of what they read that, mm -hmm. that's that's my psa <laughs> Yeah. And one thing that we're taught and one thing that is important to remember as a librarian is that like everybody reads for different reasons. Um, every book is read by a different person in a different way. So like what you get out of a book is not the same thing as somebody else gets out of a book. Some people read for escapism. Some people read to learn more. Some people read, um, you know, to see things through a different lens. Some people read because they want to solve a mystery. Um, some people read just because they like a good story with, you know, solid characters. So people have a variety of reasons for, for why they read for pleasure. And a lot of it is learning not to yuck someone's yum, basically. Um, you know, I personally am not a huge fan of certain 
genres of books, but if other people like them, that's cool. Like, you know, like what you like. I mean, I know people judge me for reading a bunch of the stuff that I read and, you know, I don't care because like it's what I like to read and I have my reasons for reading it. And, you know, yes, I read all three Twilight books. Are they garbage? Yes. Um, <laughs> do I know this? Yes. Did I enjoy them? Yes. Sometimes you just need escapist, stupid, whatever. Um, and anybody that's wondering, she's team Jacob. <laughs> just getting that out there. Uh, so, yeah. So, so when a person comes up to us, a lot of it's a, a dialogue between the librarian and the patron. Um, there's a lot of questions that are asked back and forth. And so sometimes I think, you know, it's interesting because sometimes some people I think get frustrated by all the questions that I ask them. But the questions that I'm asking you, if you come in for a book recommendation, I'm asking you because it's, it's how I know how to help you. And there are a variety of things that appeal to different people and not everybody is the same. So I will ask you about, you know, what genre you're looking for, or if you, you know, a lot of people, a lot of adults already come knowing what genre they want or what author they like, or, or, you know, what they like about books. Um, but if you're somebody who, who is like, I don't know, like, I just want a good book to read. That's hard because there's so many good books to read. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll ask you about genre. I'll ask you about topics that you might want to read about. Um, I'll ask you about the setting, whether, you know, you have a certain particular place, you know, whether it's like the Midwest or you like, Europe also setting in terms of time. So do you want something that's taking place right now in the future? Do you want something that took place in medieval times or um, some of it's like style? So like, I will ask you if you like, if you're asking for nonfiction, if you want like something that's narrative nonfiction versus something that's, you know, just a bunch of like bullet points versus something that's more like a textbook. Um, also, things like novels and verse are things that are a style that's very popular in young adult and children's fiction right now. So, like, you know, do you want a novel and verse? Do you want a regular novel? Um, also, do you want, like, something that's told in first person versus something that's told in third person? Or, you know, so there's different different things that appeal to different people. Mm -hmm. um, also, one thing that that some people, you know, will come up to me, too, is, is their preferences in terms of whether whether a book, you know, has sex in it or has a lot of cursing or has a lot of violence. Um, and so those are things to, to also know about books. And we as librarians have various tools that we look at to suss that information out and be able to recommend things to you. Um, part of it is stuff that we have read ourselves. Um, but like I said, we can't read every book and we don't read every genre. We try to read, or at least I know I try to read as widely across genres as I can. But like I work with children, teens, and adults. So it's hard to read across every genre for every age group. I mean, I would have to read like a book every day to even like hit the tip of the iceberg. Um, sometimes you do. <laughs> sometimes, so, sometimes I do. Um, and, season. And you, you, <laughs> yes, the Milwaukee County Teen Book Award season, I have piles of books at home of all sorts of genres that are all just for teens. And because I am the teen librarian, that is where I tend to focus most of my wider reading because that is who I'm that is who I'm here to serve I mean I'm here to serve everybody but that is what I'm paid you know it's like my job my title is young adult librarian so that is the the level that I read the most across um and then when I'm talking to kids um a lot of times I'll ask them about like you know the level of book that they're looking for and whether they want like um also adults I'll ask whether they want a graphic novel or like you know a print book and yeah, so what I mean for the kids with level, I'm not talking about like Lexiles or the Fontes and Pinnell thing. I'm talking about like, you know, whether they those, are... Those terms are way over my head. Thank you. That's that's fine. But parents parents know what I'm talking about. 
Um, <laughs> teachers know what I'm talking about. If your kid, you know, is in school, you know that they're supposed to be at a certain lexile or whatever. Um, I, you know, I don't really ask kids about that stuff because that stuff I don't think is as relevant for pleasure reading as, you know, more the general, like, are you reading picture books? Are you reading early readers? Are you reading chapter books? Like, what, what are you reading? You know, what's your capacity for for the amount of words on a page with the type of vocabulary? And then from that, I will give them a lot of books. Um, I like to give children like five books. <laughs> um, and then they can go and read the back of the jacket. And, you know, and, and then I, I, one thing that you, we've taught, I, you know, I've taught kids is the, the five finger rules. So like a lot of kids will be like, well, this book seems really hard for me. And I'm like, if it seems too hard for you, you can always return it. You don't have to finish reading it. Um, but if you, you know, if they look at the book beforehand, they can, the five finger rule is like, if there's five words, you know, that are like too hard for them to understand or, or sound out or try to figure out what they mean, um, you know, the book might be too hard for them. But if they feel like there's a lot of kids who with things like Harry Potter, you know, got super excited, the Percy Jackson series, get super excited about them and they're like second graders and they want to read it already. And it's like, and if they want to try it, I'm like, go for it. Because, you know, kids push themselves more and learn more when they, when they're, they have a genuine interest, just like, you know, you did with Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm -hmm. And so even though it's not at their like Lexile level or whatever, or, you know, at their grade level, um, I think it's, it's good for kids to push themselves. Um, you know, but they don't have to push themselves. If they if they are in second grade and they want to, you know, read early readers and that's like their thing, they're like, they like the Elephant and Piggy series, go for it. Like if you're reading for pleasure, you're reading, great. Um, so yeah, those are a lot of the, the things that I'll ask. Also, one thing that I ask too is a lot with, like whether people are more into plot-driven stories versus character-driven stories. Um, or, you know, because a lot of, I feel like a lot, of, I get a lot of people who come in asking for mysteries and kind of getting a sense of like, is it that, you know, you like the detective and you like, like, say like a Janet Ivanovich series that has this, she has a series uh, that has this protagonist called Stephanie Plum and she's like this like sassy lady detective, you know, and so a lot of people are drawn to that because of the character, um, you know, or like the Bones series uh, by Kathy Reichs, which was turned into a, a TV series with, um, Temperance Brennan and Kimber, the name of her partner, the FBI guy. Um, but you know, some people are are like those series because they like the characters, but then there's other people who like those series because they like that it's like an FBI procedural or they like that it's, you know, like a private investigator type of thing. Um, so there's different, like I said, pe different people like like books for different reasons. And so these are the questions that we ask to to get the information so that then we are able to recommend what you want. Um, I, I as you were talking about that, I had this very funny image and no, this is not a true story, but this is a, a very funny image of some kid like talking to you and the, you like go to hand them uh, uh, the fellowship of the ring and they're, they're looking at it and the words are too big. And you're like, well, here, here's this Charles Bukowski novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I would not do that. No, I did have, I did have a, a kid recently who looked like they were like in third grade. And you know we don't we don't do the job of the parents. Like so, if you if you if your third grader comes in and asks me for a Stephen King novel, I will show them where the Stephen King novels are. That's my job. Um, I was reading Stephen King in like fourth grade, so and my parents were fine with it. Every parent is different. Every parent has different rules. Every parent, you know, if that's what your kid asks for, that's what we'll give them. Unless you're with them, and then you can say to them, "No, I don't want you reading this." 
Um, but so yeah, I had a, a kid come in a few weeks ago and she was looking for scary stories. And I was like, okay. And I was like, what, like, do you have an author in mind? And she was like, Stephen King. And this was like a third grade. And I'm like, okay. So we walked over to the, the fictionaria and she saw the Stephen King books and she looked at them and her eyes got like real big, like, oh my God, these books are gigantic. And I was like, and there's a lot of them. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> and I was like, do these seem like they'd be too long and like intimidating? And she was like, yes. And so I took her back to the children's room and got her a bunch of like ghost stories by like Mary Downing Hahn. And then I also got her a couple of, of like ghost stories from the teen area. Um, like there's this like, Kendare Blake book called like Anna Dressed in Blood or something and it's got like this ghost lady and I've read it before and it's you know it's whatever um and so but she was like super into that and her dad was with her and her dad was like when we went over to look at the Stephen King he's like are you sure you want to read these and she's like yeah and then like but then she like opened one of them and she she looked like you know kind of like this is this is a lot um and so then when I grabbed the other books for her her dad was like these these seem much better And, you know, and, and her dad was there and her dad was there to guide things and, you know, and, and that's good. Um, but yeah, so we will, you know, we'll ask you questions about what you want. And so she wanted, she wanted horror. She wanted, you know, stuff that was scary. And the thing is, is different things are scary to different people. You know, it's like, mm. what is scary to one person is not scary to another person. You know, I know people who have come to me who are like, Harry Potter is terrifying. And I know people who have come to me who are like, Harry Potter is not scary. I need something scarier, you know, and every child is different. Every child, every person, every adult, same with adults. Like I've got people like that. Sometimes I, I'll ask questions to kind of get a better sense of, of what you deem too violent or what you deem, you know, cause it's like, I watch things that some people are like, how can you watch that? Like, um, yeah. like, you know, I've watched the TV series, the boys, and I've watched, um, you and I have watched game of Thrones together and things like that. And, that's that's fine that's what we like but you know there are other people who who deem those things too violent and that's that's fine too um and then there are some people you know who um are even more sensitive about the amount like certain things that I don't consider as violent they consider violent and so so I try to get that information from people because I want to give you something that you want to read yeah um and it's 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 interesting how how the how you being trained how you reacted to a situation differed than how I would. The kid walked over and and if their eyes got real big, I would have been like, well, here, take Night uh, or Skeleton Crew because both of these are short story books. And so you'll be able to like get through it easier. Um, <laughs> instead of me being like, oh, maybe we should take you over to the Goosebumps. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so with, you know, we we talked about, you know, how you come to your conclusions. Was there was there anything else? I mean, you took a cl- a class. Um, mm-hmm. Is there is there anything in the uh, in the training from the class that would be of interest interest to uh, the people at large? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much of interest. I mean, I can get into lots of detail about how readers' advisory works. Um, I know, like a lot of stuff that I do is I, I in order for me to remember because I can't. There's no way I could remember every single book that I've read. I mean, I read an average of of at least fifty two books a year, if not more, and so. Um, I keep track of everything on Goodreads, but there are other like aggregators that you can keep track of what you've been reading on. And so I, I used to use library thing before I use Goodreads um, and you can tag your books. So I tag my books with every single tag that I can think of. That is something that people ask me for regularly. So for a while there, when vampire books were really popular, I had like tagged all my vampire books so that like, 
you know, somebody came and was like, I'm looking for a vampire book. All I had to do was go into my Goodreads account, click on the vampire tag, and everything that I'd read recently would pop up that I could be like, you might like this, you might like this. What did you like about this book? You know, and, and I'd have other tags in there because sometimes some were like mysteries involving vampires. Some of them were like comedies, like Christopher Moore like wrote like, what is it? You Suck, I think, is one of the books that he wrote. <laughs> um, that's like this like comedy about like a guy who meets a girl at a bar and like becomes a vampire and then like how his life is like terrible afterwards, but it's like a dark comedy. Yeah. So that's what Christopher Moore writes. And then, you know, there was also like romance, um, like the Parasol Protected series that I told you about where there's like vampires and, and werewolves and all these different creatures, you know, and then there were like mysteries involving. So I, I had them all tagged so that, you know, if people are like this, I'm looking for this with vampires, then I could be like, well, this book is for you, or this book is for you, or this book is for you. Yeah. Um, and and, and if, if you're wondering, the reason why Lisa wears sweaters at work is because she has all of these written on her arm. <laughs> um, if I had them all tattooed on my body, I'd look like the guy from Memento. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I, run out of, I need like other, other bodies to keep feeling uh, All right, this has gotten creepy. Um, so... Um, which which takes us back to uh, us like liking the uh, the grim dark uh, style of uh, of books and movies. Um, so, anyways, um, so so I guess that's a good transition to the to the recommendations from my regular who to recommend horror movies to me. Yes, and I've recommended a few to him as well. Um, so so we've talked about a couple of a couple of the their recommendations in the past. What what mm -hmm. were some of the things that we've talked about? Um, so in the past, uh, things that he has recommended are Ready or Not, uh, which was a horror movie about a woman who marries into a family that uh, plays a lot of board games and they own like a board game company. And in order to uh, be a member of the family, she has to go through this like trial. After the wedding that night at like midnight, they, they all they, con converge they, to play a game and the game drawn could be something completely innocent. Um, like, like Scrabble. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, or. It could uh, be this like hunt where like they have to chase her down and kill her. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good movie. Uh, he also recommended The Hunt, which was the other horror movie that was about a bunch of liberal people kidnapping a bunch of Republican people from the South and then literally hunting them um, and killing them and for sport, uh, which was a very interesting political movie. And then recently, which we have not talked about, he recommended Spontaneous, and we just watched that a couple nights ago, which is a movie about a bunch of high schoolers who um, suddenly start exploding and the main character doesn't know why it's happening and is trying to make sense of it all. And it's kind of like a story about how life doesn't make sense and how people don't deserve the horrible things that happen to them, but how you should, you should just enjoy your life as much as you can. Um, yeah. To, to set it up a little further, essentially they show a bunch of kids in class and they're listening to the teacher speak. And, uh, you know, th there's the usual, you know, like, you know, one kid's making eyes at another kid and, you know, somebody's whispering or, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden there's like an explosion of blood and a person, one of the students just liquefies. Yeah. And they have no idea why this is happening. And so when it happens to one person, okay, you know, it's, it's a shock and it's a tragedy. When it happens to another person, then it's like, okay, what is what is wrong? What is the the connection between 
you know, these two students and then it happens again and then it happens again. Um, and so it explores both, both, you know, how like the government and how these things are handled, uh, you know, would, or would be handled, mm. but, but also it's that, that, you know, deep emotion because it focuses on one character um, yeah, and her and her and her boyfriend, um, yeah. and like, and it's kind of a love story, and it also focuses on grief a lot in the process of grief. Um, and the main character is p- played by Catherine Langford, who um, was the main character on Thirteen Reasons Why, mm-hmm. um, and she does a really good job. Yeah. So, so um, you know, talking about patron recommendations, I guess you know, talk talk to me uh, talk to me about about that relationship. I was going to say we've, we've we've watched at least I, I feel like it's been more than three movies recommended by this patron, um, so continue. But, but yeah, he and I uh, like we we just like to talk about you know movies and stuff, and so he comes by and we'll talk about other things too. But you know we've uh, we've gotten to a point where we've gotten to understand kind of what each other likes, um, and I've recommended things to him as well. And so like among the things that I recommended to him were Black Panther. I recommended parasite to him at first he was hesitant because he doesn't like to read subtitles but then i was like this movie's worth it you should read subtitles for this movie um Mm -hmm. and the reason that i i pushed that movie too is because uh i had recommended snowpiercer to him which was directed by the same guy who directed parasite and he really liked snowpiercer and so i was like that's how i like that's how i got him to watch parasite because i was like well if you liked snowpiercer this is the same director so like it's it's worth a watch. I mean, yes, you will have to read subtitles. Yes, I know that you find that annoying, but it's worth it. <laughs> and then yeah, he came I, back and he was like, yeah, I liked it. So, um, you know, sometimes he, it's cool because, like, he's gotten me to try different new things. I've gotten him to try different new things um, through our, our recommendations. Um, yeah, and I, 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 I would like to interject that Snowpiercer is one of my favorite movies of the last 15 years. And uh, anybody that's like, oh, Oh, it's by the the person that directed Parasite. Oh, and you know, it's one of your favorites. It's also a grim, dark movie. Just putting <laughs> that out there. Um, but uh, but I loved it. Yes, it's a it's a movie about uh, global warming has taken over, and everybody who's still alive lives on a train that's constantly going around the Earth until like things get livable again outside of the train. It's a microcosm created within a train in order to preserve humanity yeah and the train is broken down by class with like certain cars being for the poor and and certain cars being for the upper class and the the distinctions between the cars are just wow and um you learn a lot of a lot of gross creepy things along the way um but it's it is it's just a really good movie and um, uh what's her name um oh uh, what's her name the Kate blanchett is that who you're thinking about no, Snowpiercer Lady. <laughs> Snowpiercer Lady. <laughs> um, Tilda Swinton. Oh, yeah, that's that way. Yeah, can I, I confuse Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton? They both are kind of very distinctive looking ladies. Yes, um, um but yeah, <laughs> Tilda Swinton is in it and she is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she um, is very good in it. But yeah, uh, and Snowpiercer, fantastic movie, is based upon Snowpiercer, the graphic novel. Yeah, which is an it's an adult graphic novel, not a children's graphic yeah. novel. But yeah, just wanted Correct. to get that. Yeah. But yeah, and then um, yeah, so he he and I uh, talk movies a lot, um, and I've gotten a lot of good recommendations from him, and I've given him a lot of recommendations. Then I have another patron who, um, she and I mostly recommend restaurants to each other, but um, 
but occasionally we also recommend movies to each other. She is very interested in like independent films. And so she recommended, uh, oh, what was that movie called? Um, she recommended a movie to me that ended up being pretty good. Um, it was about the two Jewish women who, who are in love with each other. Oh, uh, um, yes. Oh, and it had uh, Rachel, Rachel Weiss. Is that her name? Um, and then I recommended to her because she, you know, sometimes she'll be like, I just, you know, want, she likes. Disobedience. She, yeah, disobedience. She recommended disobedience to me. And, that, and we watched that and I really liked it. Um, and she's recommended a few other films to me because she, before the pandemic, she was somebody who would often go to the Downer and to the Oriental and just, you know, see a lot of those independent films. And, uh, you know, I know what she likes. And so sometimes, especially during the pandemic, uh, she's a senior citizen and, um, she would call and, and, you know, like now still, she, she doesn't come into the library really. Um, she gets things via curbside. And so. She'll call and be like, you know, I'm looking for some movies to watch because that's how she likes to spend her time. And so sometimes she'll have certain titles in mind and other times she won't know. And she's just like, just pick like five of them for me. And so I've picked a bunch of them for her. And I tend to try to like, I'll pick like some indie films for her. But then I also know that she likes, um, you know, sometimes she wants to go go back to like Catherine Hepburn movies and Audrey Hepburn movies and, you know, some of those uh, Cary Grant older older films. Um, so I'll pick some of my favorites for her. And it was funny because I picked Bringing Up Baby for her, which is one of my favorite Katherine Hepburn films. And uh, she'd seen it before, but she's like, it's been so long since I watched this one. And it was so good. I forgot about how good it was. You know? And, um, yeah, that was that was good to hear. And then the teens will recommend a lot of stuff to me. The teens tend to recommend a lot of graphic novels to me. I've had, you know, teens recommended Noelle Stevenson, who did Nimona. And I really liked Nimona. And that got me to watch the... The Shira show on Netflix, because um, Noelle Stevenson was involved with that. A lot of teens will recommend a lot of manga to me and a lot of anime. So a lot of the anime that I've watched has been because of the teens. They also recommend a lot of web comics to me because a lot of them read a lot of web comics, and so I'll read a lot of that stuff. And that helps me in in selecting stuff for our collection because then I get an idea of what they like to read. Um, so then when I'm looking at re book reviews for you know the graphic novels or the manga that we have here um, or the anime or things like that. You know, I have a better idea of what it is that people are looking for. And because we'll talk about it, you know, I'll be like, oh, like, what did you like about it? And then they'll be like, I, I like this. And then they're like, what did you like about it? And I'll be like, I like this, you know, and, and but we get I, I get an idea of, of what it is that they liked about it, whether, you know, it was the setting, the characters, like all the things that I mentioned earlier in this episode. So quick, quick, funny story. I didn't have any interest in seeing the musical Hamilton mm -hmm. until I was a chaperone for a library program. And I was like, why are teenagers obsessed with this musical? They're all <laughs> singing every song and like, you know, jumping around on the CD and, 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 you know, putting on different songs and singing along. And I'm like, this is nothing like my teenage experience where I was listening to Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. I like my, I couldn't wrap my head around kids being super stoked on a musical. Mm -hmm. And, also, they were not jumping around on the CDs. CDs are for old people. They were jumping oh, around on like YouTube or something. Sorry, oh, <laughs> dating myself. Um, but re but regardless, um, it it's really their interest that made me like you know maybe maybe I need to see this Hamilton thing, and it was great. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, and so you know, I I think it it's important also to listen to our patrons' recommendations. So you know. 
I have a lot of patrons recommend things to me. Sometimes I, I listen to the recommendations. Sometimes I, sometimes I don't. I will admit it because I do not have time to read all of the books. Um, but some of the ones that have been recommended to me are things that I never would have picked up on my own that I really enjoyed. So like um, one book that a lot of people were reading for a while, there was um, Where the Crawdads Sing. And I'm trying to remember who the author is of that one. But it's like this mystery that takes place in the South about this woman who lives out in nature. And it's not something that I would have I would have picked up on my own. But Delia Owens? Delia. Delia Owens. Um, Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Delia Owens. And so it's something that I wouldn't have picked up on my own, but I had so many people be like, have you read this? This is so great. And it was always checked out. So I had like an excuse to be like, no, I haven't read it yet. But so many people were like, have you read this? This is so great that finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to read it. And so I actually listened to the audiobook, really enjoyed it. And um, I'm also in the camp of, have you read this? This is so great. <laughs> um, yeah. So same with like Girl on, tr- on the Train and uh, what was the other one? Gone Girl. Both of those were also ones that I don't normally pick up mystery thriller books. I, I like them. I used to read a lot of them when I was younger, um, like in seventh and eighth grade. I was like obsessed with Agatha Christie. But uh, yeah, I tend to to like more speculative fiction now. So I don't read them as much. But every once in a while, you know, somebody will be like, this is great. Or I'll have a lot of people recommend it to me. But yeah, one thing I'll be honest about, if you recommend like political autobiographies to me, I probably will not read them. I'm not a big autobiography person. I prefer to watch documentaries about people than to like read books about people. But I do like nonfiction and I like sharing nonfiction with people. And I like the things that people have shared with me um, because I've had several people recommend various nonfiction books to me, like um, the Carlo Rovelli uh, Seven Principles of of Physics was something that somebody recommended to me. And I really enjoyed that book. And it, it broke down the seven principles of physics in this really easy to way, easy to understand way. Was the author of Gone Girl was that the was that the book that was written in in Chicago? Yes, that you you moved that lady when we lived in Chicago. Nick used to work for a moving company, and he got to move Jillian Flynn from one house to another house. No, well, it was it was that we were set we were setting up the staging uh, for for that house. We didn't yes. move her stuff. Okay, uh, I thought you were I thought you were moving her stuff. That no, he that, that was for a moving st- company, and then he worked for a staging company. And for those who don't know, the staging company is like a company that like rich people hire to like put furniture in the house so that when you're selling your house like it looks nice because like they've set uh, they've had an interior decorator like set up everything to make it look like how if this were your dream home you know this is what the furniture would look like and everything and so uh he worked for a staging company where he would help he was like the warehouse manager and had the the guys uh move stuff around but yeah and and i it's funny because you know this house that that Gone Girl was written in uh, was only like ten ten blocks from uh, where we lived. Um, yet, I mean, the house was just absolutely gorgeous, and it, it had all of its its vintage features, and it it still still had like a, a gorgeous library. Yeah, um, you sent me a picture, and I was like, "Ooh, that's cool! I wish I had a library in my house." That and they had um, one of the like old style um, toilets where the water tank was like. Like oh six yeah, up high. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was that was a, a, a neat little thing. And I thought about it just recently because I was uh, purging uh, pictures from my phone. And I was like, oh, there's pictures from that house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you think we we've we've covered patron recommendations and uh, readers advisory thoroughly enough? 
I think so. Um, you know, there's always more to to answer. Um, if people have more questions about how Reader's Advisory works, you can always ask us. Uh, librarians are happy to answer. Uh, but also, yeah, like I one thing that I'd like to share is, you know, I know sometimes it seems like we're taking a long time when you come up to us and ask us, like, I want a good book to read. What do you recommend? Um, some of you might be like, why is she asking me all these annoying questions? This is why I ask you all these annoying questions. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I, I ask you them to help you to, to find what sh something that you would actually like to read because I don't want to just hand you some random book. Um, I want to hand you something that you might like because that's my job. Um, yep. And so, yeah, so, so if it takes a little bit longer, it might be because it's a, an area where one of us doesn't read as much. You know, like I said, I, I love speculative fiction and I read a lot, a lot of young adults. So like, you know, sometimes my colleagues will come and, and grab me if, if they're having trouble recommending young adult stuff to, to teens. And some of my other colleagues are more into things like reading about sports or reading about, you know, reading mysteries or, or those kind of things. And so I will come and, and grab them if, uh, if they're around and see if they can help. But yeah, so if, we, if we're taking a little bit longer than you would like, uh, it's not to annoy you. Um, <laughs> it is because we are trying to to find what, you know, a book that suits you and we're trying and, and we don't always, we can't read everything in the library. So we can't, I wish that we were like these magic computers where we could just like pull anything out of our head. And also for some reason, I don't know why. And I know that this happens to a lot of other librarians too, but like when somebody's like, what's a good book that you read recently? Um, whenever somebody asks me that question, my mind immediately goes completely blank. And I'm just like, what is a good book that I've read recently? I don't know. <laughs> And, and then as and, soon as they walk away, then I've got like 10 of them in my head. And I'm like, dang, why didn't I think of those while that person was standing right here? In front of me? If only you could have rolled up your sleeve to show that they were all written on your arms. <laughs> I'm not the memento guy. <laughs> but right. uh, yeah. I was just going to say, you, you made me think about how when I worked for Games Workshop, how I would have try and within three questions get to the heart of what the person was looking for and also how irritated like no matter how many open-ended questions i ask to try and pull what they want out of them mm -hmm. um you know some some people you know they 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 feel that that sales vibe and they're just like even even if they ask me the question first sometimes yes you, you know i start asking asking the questions and they start yeah. to shut yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't get that as much at the library as I did when I worked at Barnes and Noble. Um, but you know, I do get it a little bit with the with the kids, like the middle schoolers and the, the high schoolers sometimes get a little shy around me. Yeah. Or in general with adults. And so sometimes that's a struggle. But then I'm like like I said, that's where I read widely. So then that's why I'm like, you might like this and this and this and this and this. And then sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, I just overwhelmed this child with like 10 books and they're like, what the hell is wrong with this lady? <laughs> but, I, if, I came home, if I came home with six books, I would probably read zero because I would be like, I don't even know which one I want to start with. Yeah. Um, well, I, I see a lot of the kids. So a lot of the kids, you know, I think a lot of the kids, I don't know that they appreciate it, but it works because I see a lot of the kids take all like 10 books to a table, look at them. And then I see them walk away with like one or two. And if they walk away with one or two, I feel like I did a good job. Yeah. Um, one. When they walk away with nothing, then I feel sad inside. <laughs> yeah. I, I can happen very often. <laughs> I, I can picture that. And I also, I wish that the podcast was broadcast on video because if you could have seen 
Lisa when she said, and here, take this and this and this and this. And she's <laughs> throwing her arms around because she is so excited to, to be grabbing fictitious books off of the shelf. Um, yes. Yes. That is, that is a passionate librarian. This might be the only time I curse on the pod- podcast, but uh, it reminds me of that Parks and Rec episode where they call the librarians punk-ass book jockeys. Yes. Like, yes. That is me. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All so, right. Uh, on, that note. on that note, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed the show. If you have any questions for us, email us at shortstacks at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. Uh, we hope to go into our genre dive next week. So I will be talking trip hop and Nick will be talking mystery. Or not next, next week, episode. the week. Yeah, next episode, the week after. As always, thanks for listening and be well. The Shorewood Stacks is produced and recorded by Lisa Quintero and Nick Barron for the Shorewood Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod and is called Ice Flow and can be found on incompetech.com.